Guys, before we actually get stuck into it, what I'm going to ask you to do is if you can just give us a follow on any preferred podcast platform. So whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or Google, and then we've got all the little ones that we're available on as well. Give us a follow. Is it the plus sign? Is it the subscribe button? I'm not too sure because I'm not sure where you're listening in from. A lot of our listeners are on Spotify at the moment. And if you listen to the end, we're now shortening our episodes to 30 minutes, which um, basically if you listen to the end, it's going to help boost our rankings. So that would be amazing and much appreciated. But on this week's episode, I wanted to introduce a man by the the name of Eddie Caparucci, who is a Christian counsellor and coach, certified coach in treating problematic sexual behaviours. So Eddie has worked with professional athletes and television personalities amongst um, many of his clients. And he's also the creator of the Inner Child Model for Treating Problematic Sexual Behaviours, which is a unique approach that focuses on identifying unresolved childhood pain points and teaching people how to process emotional distress in healthy ways. So his treatment method has been endorsed by many leaders in this field. And I won't go further. I'll let Eddie talk. So Eddie, welcome to the show. Amanda, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our uh, conversation today. Me too. Me too. So in simple terms, what is it that you actually do? What I do is I work with men who are struggling with sex addiction and pornography addiction. And what we mean by struggling, it means that the use of sexual behaviors or porn has interfered with other parts of their lives, whether it be that they are spending large sums of money on it. Uh, It is having a negative effect on their relationship. Perhaps they've lost their job because they're watching porn in the office. So there's many different factors that happen. And that's how we can make that determination of when is it a problem. And it is a problem when, again, it starts to seep into other areas of your life. So I work with those men to help them to learn how to manage their addiction and be able to, again, go back to hopefully living a healthy life. So what's your actual qualification? Um, I am, well, first of all, I have a master's degree in counseling from Liberty University. Mm. I've been certified by the state of Georgia as a licensed professional counselor. Mm. I've been certified as a coach. And I've also been certified in treatment of problematic sexual behavior by two various organizations. Gotcha. Okay. Now, prior to this, what were you doing for work? Like, take, take us right back, yeah, because there's always motivation why people do what they do. Why were you <laughs> motivated to do this sort of work? Yeah, I wasn't really that motivated to do it, to tell you the truth, Amanda. Um, it really started with, for me, I, I also struggled with a sex addiction when I was younger. Um, I was, you know, first came across pornography when I was about 13. When I was 16, I started dating and I found that I just couldn't be with just one woman, one girl at that time. And it was a womanizer. And I was that way until I was almost 40 years old. And I got so burnt out by it. It cost me a couple of marriages. And I said, I have to fix this. I have to figure out what this is. And I went and I got treatment and I realized what I had was an attachment disorder. Now, an avoidant attachment. I was fearful of abandonment 
because of things that happened to me when I was younger. So fast forward to uh, 25 years ago, you know, I met my current wife, who I've been married and together with for all that time, been faithful the entire time after all that treatment. Well, anyway, she really did. Um, she brought me closer to God because she was raised in a very godly home. I was not raised in a Christian home. Um, and with that, my relationship as it grew closer, as I grew closer to God, I was in marketing and advertising. As an executive uh, running or working in some agencies up in the Northeast and then moving to Atlanta. And as I got closer and building that relationship, one day he was like, you know what, I got something else for you. We're leaving corporate America. You're going to become a counselor. This is a short ad break. Uh, quick question. Do you run a small business that could potentially help empower women? Then I'd love to hear from you. The Empowered Women's Podcast is now taking sponsorship applications. So see my email link in the show notes below. Pitch us your business and we can set up a time to chat and I can run you through how it all works. Okay, back to the show. And so I went back to school. I got my other, another master's degree and did all the state work. And then I set up a practice and it was a general practice, just seeing everybody in any way, depression, anxiety, you know, those kind of things. And then before you knew it, all these guys started coming into my office that were struggling with sex and porn addiction. And I'm like, my gosh, these guys look like me. Mm. And then I realized, okay, this is my call. And that's when I went back and got the certification to be able to treat them. And that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And my wife, six years ago, also joined the ministry. And now what she does is she counsels the women who have been betrayed. How interesting. How interesting. Do you find, um, I guess, what, what you do, because you're both coaches in a sense, you know, What's mm -hmm. what's a conversation like at the dinner table? <laughs> it's a lot about. Is it a good sex. debrief for both of you? <laughs> it, it it is a time to debrief for us. Uh, we have and we we go out to dine a lot because again, by the time we get done, so we're we're out uh, for dining. So you can only imagine the people who are around us. You know, with some of the conduct. Yeah, we never mention names of people, but oh. we talk about the scenarios and what we know who the individuals are. But yes, it's, it's basically about, you know, what are we seeing? Because what we're doing is we're consulting with one another. You know, me helping her with her client, she helping me with mine. What are we seeing? Uh, what are some of the issues that we're running into that, you know, we're struggling with? Um, trying to help navigate one another, how we can get through and help them get off, get to the other side. So okay. yeah, the conversations are pretty interesting. I bet you can't wait to get home and chat to her sometimes. You wouldn't <laughs> what happened today. <laughs> the partner cops we, at a bit. We can, we, we can probably utter that statement almost every day. If, you know, maybe at least three times a week. You would not believe what happened today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. So you obviously struggling with the same issues makes you almost a master in this area, right? And mm -hmm. in business, when they say pick a niche, your niche is really you, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Because that's what you can relate to. No point picking a niche. I remember it took me so long 
in business. I've been in business for seven, eight years now. And I think I changed my niche a few times, right? Because it's like, well, in this year, I actually enjoyed just training men. And then in the next year, I enjoyed training um, people that wanted to get ready to potentially compete. And then it just kind of kept changing because I kept kind of changing my own fitness journey. And then when I launched the podcast, it was only after a really ugly sort of public breakup that I was like, well, I've got a message now that relates to women specifically that have had and been faced with narcissistic partners, you know, and literally the podcast just took off because it's like finally getting your messaging right does wonders for your business, but it comes back to what have you actually just been through yourself? So how long have you actually been in this space for now? I've been counseling for about 12 years now. Yep. Yep. Cool. So what does counseling actually look like with you? Because you've created the inner child model, right? Yes, that's right. What does it do? Yeah. Well, what it does, hopefully for most men, is to help them learn to manage their sex and pornography addiction. And basically the way it works, it is based on three elements. One, it is, I believe, that I believe if you look across the board at all addiction, these three elements are, sit, are there. One, the inability to sit with emotional pain. Okay, which you can't, people who have addiction cannot sit with emotional distress. Right? We learned at a very young age to have a coping mechanism. And that coping mechanism was, I'm not going to think about this pain. And in order not to think about the pain, we learn to distract ourselves. When we're younger, we distract ourselves with too much television, too much food, too much fantasy in our own head, staying in our own head. And as we get older, we look for things that are more stimulating, more exciting to be able to allow that distraction to last longer. So now we're looking at things like pornography, or maybe we're going to alcohol, maybe we're going to drugs, different things like that. The second element is unresolved childhood pain points. Again, if you look at anyone who deals with addiction, you're going to go back and you're going to find that there was some sort of trauma or neglect that took place in the years, in their younger years of growing up. And then third, it's this element of being emotionally undeveloped. And basically what it is, is a lack of maturity, emotional maturity. And the reason for that is because we missed the step along the way in early childhood development, which we're supposed to be guided through and we're supposed to be taught that teach us how to be emotional beings. We don't have those skill sets. You put those three things together and what you have is the making of somebody who's going to have addictive tendencies. The inner child model looks back at those uh, unresolved childhood pain points, which still haunt us today. And how they haunt us today is the fact that a negative event happens. And it looks very similar to something that we suffered or dealt with when we were a child. We may, we may not recognize that that, that uh, correlation at the moment. Mm. However, our inner child does. And when that happens, it increases 
the our anxiety. It increases our discomfort level. So if that negative event on a scale of one to 10 caused me to have a distress level of three, once the inner child reaches in and pulls out something in the storage unit that he thinks or she thinks correlates with what just happened today, my anxiety level or my discomfort level goes from three to maybe seven or eight. Mm. Remember, can't sit with pain. So what I do, run away. I'm going to go distract myself. I got a question for you. How does the act of sex help someone through their emotional pain? What is the act of sex? How does porn basically help someone feel oh. better about what might have happened in the past? Because pornography, sitting and watching pornography, what it does is like, like having sex. And when we have sex, what happens is pleasure-enhancing chemicals are produced in the brain, especially dopamine. Mm. Watching pornography produces excessive levels of dopamine to the brain. So basically, you're getting this rush, you're getting this high mm. from it. You keep watching porn on a regular basis. Over time, your brain starts craving this dopamine hit. hit. And when you don't have it, you start to feel very uneasy. And so now here's when the addiction starts to take place. Now, any type of discomfort, no matter how minor it is, I have this tendency then to run off and try to soothe it through pornography. What do you consider an addiction? How much porn does one person need to watch? Well, again, as I said to you before, the, you, you look at it as an addiction when it starts to have impacts in other areas of a person's life. People who struggle with problematic sexual behavior, which again, another word for sex addiction, porn addiction, they are pretty much obsessed with sex. So they think about sex quite often throughout the day with their with their partner or they're dating someone or they're married they want to be physical with them on a constant basis yeah. maybe even several times a day and what they're doing is they're actually just objectifying that person because they have a, their viewpoint of sex is distorted they look at sex as a way of trying to emotionally connect with someone. See, they have it mixed up. It basically, that's not, that's not emotional intimacy. That's physical intimacy. Yeah. But they never feel more in love than when somebody is touching them and being physical with them. And they never, they feel that they can always show someone how much they love them by how they make them feel physically. So that's the problem that we have here. It's an emotional, it's an intimacy disorder. They confuse emotional intimacy with physical intimacy. I have another question, right? Really interesting. And I wonder if their love language is physical touch primarily, and that's why the whole physical, being physical is highlighted more so for them. Well, for many, for many of the people, they were deprived of, affirmation, attention, and yes, 
also the idea of physical touch when they were younger. Mm. So therefore, that's what they're really craving. They're craving to be to be noticed, to be desired, to feel that someone wants them. Mm. And it's really funny, Amanda. I and I don't. I don't quite understand this aspect of it, but I've had numerous, I mean, numerous men who have told me that when they watch pornography, that they get the sense that they are desired and want it. It's like that woman in there, women, and in some cases, the man, you know, that they feel like that person is desiring them and they feel the sense of affirmation and the sense that they're being, that they're, that their attention is on them. Wow. Interesting. What do you say about people who you might have a straight woman? It's not uncommon that a straight woman will enjoy watching lesbian porn, but not actually embracing the idea of sleeping with another woman. Or mm-hmm. say you've got a, a straight woman who likes watching gay porn, two men going at it. What is the explanation behind that? Well, the, the thing is, the thing is, in a word, different. You know, this is the thing about a pornography addiction. It's not that I need more. I need different. So therefore, things that you would never imagine ever engaging in mm. yourself, you may look at and find erotic. You still may say, I'm never going to do that, but yet there's something about it that just is very stimulating. And in fact, for some people, there are things that across pornography, because there's so many genres that they look at it and you know, almost like even discuss, but mm. yet, it's like a tra- it's like a train wreck, right? You just mm. can't take your eyes off, off of it. it. Mm. Right. Interesting. So interesting. So there's not like a like a disorder behind it or anything. It's just that is it liking the idea? Does it go a bit deeper? Is it like if say or even I don't even know if there's a straight man out there that would enjoy two guys going at it? Is it a power thing? Is it a lack of power? Is it a desire to fulfill their more dominant side? Um, yeah. Or, there, yeah. There are, there, you know, Amanda, the question, you're asking great questions, uh, but the complexity of the answers, because mm. there are many different, uh, this is not black and white, it's shades yeah. of gray. So let's, get, let's take the one scenario you said, a straight man who watches gay porn, mm. okay? In many cases, what you're going to find, and that is what that is, that the same sex attraction. Right? They're not gay. They are straight. They're heterosexual. But yet, they desire the attention and affirmation from males. They were most likely growing up ostracized by their peers, rejected by their fathers, sometimes actually overstimulated by their mothers, actually almost did away, feminized in a sense. And therefore they have such a hunger to belong with men in a healthy way, but they've never got that. And I can tell you 
story after story of men that I worked with who deal with same-sex attraction, who struggled to make friends, uh, had fathers who just never accepted them. Mm. And then somewhere along the line, when they're young, which many kids, you know, they engage in experimentation from a sexual standpoint. Well, they have a sexual encounter with another young boy, the two of them together. And now that relationship, it usually becomes a strong relationship. And what happens is their wires have gotten crossed when it comes to understanding their, their sexual arousal template. And they believe really the only way that a man would accept me is if I'm sexual with them. So therefore, they go and they lean that way. Now, again, they may never go and physically act out with another man. Mm. They may just stick with the pornography aspect. They may go to things like video chat and those kind of things. But usually, again, if it continues, we have the thing that's called tolerance because the dopamine level gets stagnant and it needs different not more, it needs different. So now what I've seen, ooh, I think I want to go act it out. Right. You created nine inner children that are in the book, right? And each of these kids were raised in different backgrounds. And yes. basically your clients choose what resonates in order to pick up on the emotional triggers. Can you give us some examples on that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The nine kids, Basically, what they're based on are different emotional pain points that we would have suffered when we were younger. Yep. So to your point, what happens is clients will review the nine and then they select the ones that they feel that they relate to the most. And usually most people pick anywhere between four and six. But it's not even the kid that you picked that's the most important thing. What's really critical here with the inner child model are the core emotional triggers that activate each child. Because each child has its own core emotional triggers. So, for example, you know, we have the bored child. Now, the bored child, he was raised or she was raised in this environment that offered very little in the way of positive interaction among family members. Okay, even people who they live together, but they're really rather isolated. Yeah. You know, they they eat they eat their meal with the TV on, and after they're done, they all go to their own rooms by themselves. So therefore he grew up having to entertain himself, didn't have a whole lot of friends, always felt alone. So now here he is in his own head. So he's starting to create a lot of fantasy. He lives in a fantasy world. Gotcha. And it's not a sexual fantasy world yet. But when it comes to sex, oh my gosh, what he can do in developing mm. fantasies. Mm. So now, remember we talked about before, what happens sometimes when it becomes a problem, he'll be in fantasy several times throughout the day. You know, even though he's supposed to be at work, he's supposed to be focusing on a meeting or something. He got sexual fantasy going on. All he needs is one image and he can fantasize about that for 20 minutes along the way. We have the unaffirmed child. The unaffirmed child, they grew up in an environment where they received little in the way of praise or they received a lot of criticism. So therefore they were more, um, they have low self-worth. 
You have the unnoticed child, okay? These were the ones who were never really sought out by their peers. Didn't feel like they belonged. They were the ones who always had to chase somebody. And I'll just give you one more, the nine, and that is the emotionally voided child. This is the number one kid that most people pick. And this is the one who has very difficult time emotionally connecting with other people. Somewhere along the line, they got the message that, you know, that sharing your emotions was not a good thing. And in fact, actually even feeling your emotions is not a good thing. Yeah. Now go back to those three things I talked to you about earlier, right? The uh, unresolved childhood pain points, inability to sit with pain, and then emotionally um, underdeveloped. These guys are emotionally, or women are emotionally undeveloped. And I find this in nine out of 10 people that I work with. Unbelievable. I, I think it's... Um... I think it's so important that people are listening to this. And as you're talking, I can relate to a couple of those, actually. So I... I oh, I only it. gave you four. <laughs> so what are the others? I want to know the uh, others. The other ones, the other is, is the need for control, child. They grew up in a very hectic environment. And, and what happened was they wound up getting the, the um, vast amount of the... Um, consequences pushed on them so they learned they said whoa you know what the way not the way in order to avoid consequences is be in control okay not not the proper thing not a good idea but yep. again they're kids and they're trying to come up with solutions mm -hmm. uh the entitled child or, at, or what i really call the spiteful child they felt very devalued as a, as a kid, they felt like they lacked a voice, uh, that their need, their desires didn't matter. You know, this would be the kid who would be talking at the you know table and somebody else would look at them and instead of answering, just start talking about something else. Mm. They were often very falsely accused. So therefore, they turned to sex as a reward for themselves because their, their worldview is life is not fair. Mm. I deserve this. Hmm. Uh, the weak and inferior child. They were made to feel that they were different than their peers and their siblings. They just didn't measure up. Uh, the stressed child, again, another one who grew up in a very chaotic environment. And so therefore they use sex as a uh, stress buster. And then finally, what we have is the early sexually stimulated or sexually abused child. So therefore, they ran across porn or seeing people have sex at an early age or they were sexually abused. And what that did is totally distorted their view of sex overall. My question to you is, with each different nine personality type, will they all have a different um, desire on what their porn addiction might look like? Or, uh, do you do you mean from a genre standpoint what they'll watch? Correct. Like yeah, that? like a genre standpoint. Yeah, they they could absolutely. Like for example, the weak and inferior child may be more drawn to things such as uh, dominance and submission. Okay, see gotcha. that the the um the early sexually abused or the early sexually stimulated 
or sexually abused child may turn to a genre where somebody is not being raped or anything like that, but they're being somewhat forced to do something against their will, uh, they may turn to something like that. The, the uh, need for affirmation or the need for attention child is gonna be looking at the genre where again, it's, it shows the people engaging in sex seem to be gravitating toward them. And it's like, they almost feel like, oh, they desire me and they want me. Gotcha. So interesting. My God, so interesting. I'm sure people listening are, are, you know, having some light bulb moments here. Um, Now, you've written a couple of books. Can we talk about those? Yeah, absolutely. So let's Um, break down each book. How many books have you written, Eddie? I've I've written three. The first book was Removing Your Shame Label, uh, How to uh, Learn to Break Free from Shame and Feel God's Love. And that book is basically about how – we feel, especially if we're Christian, a lot of shame because we're not doing the thing we are supposed to be doing from a Christian perspective. Gotcha. And so therefore, what we feel is the sense that God doesn't accept us, he doesn't love us, uh, he doesn't want anything to do with us which is totally erroneous. And basically what we're doing, we're projecting upon God how we feel about ourselves. The second book was Going Deeper, How the Inner Child Impacts Your Sexual Addiction. And that's all about my inner child model that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. here with the nine kids and the core emotional triggers. And then the last book I just uh, released in January is why men struggle to love and that's overcoming relational blind spot and that's the book that talks about uh, how we become um, emotionally undeveloped and what are the consequences of that and then also how can we go about repairing it what's your best-selling book what's that which is your best-selling book so uh, oh, without, without a doubt, it is going deeper. Uh, how the inner child impacts your sexual addiction. That book is really done fantastic. The mm. uh, why men struggle to love is again, it's only been out for about three months or so. It mm. is starting to really take off. Uh, so those are those are the two that um, I, I'm, I'm really, really actually blown away, really blown away by the going deeper book. I didn't ever realize it would sell the way it has sold. Amazing, um, amazing. How many book sales do you reckon you've done on that? I uh, usually sell about anywhere but about 400 a month. Wow. Something in that neighborhood, yeah. Amazing, amazing. And you yep. wrote that book. When did you write that book? Going Deeper was came out uh, three years ago. Um, it took me three years to write it because <laughs> yep. when I wrote it the first time, Amanda, I threw away 90% of it. Uh, it was done and I just threw it away and I started over again. And I also wow. went through a period, probably a period of about eight months in those three years, which I didn't touch it. I just didn't write it. It was, it was one of those that I really tried because again, the whole inner child concept is a very difficult concept to wrap your 
head around and I wanted to try to make it as simplistic as possible mm. for people to be able to understand. So that's why I kept, you know, going back to it. Yeah. And so with a book, like how, how many pages is a book roughly? Do you remember? Uh, the Going Deeper book is about 175. The Why Men Struggle Love is almost 300. Yeah. And I don't recall how many pages the um, Removing Your Shame label is. Probably about, probably about the same as Going Deeper, about 170, 175. So relatively easy read, 170 odd pages. Yes, and and I write, I write the way I talk. Okay, yes, I I have a PhD, but I don't need to go out there and try to impress people with mm. you know thousand dollar words. That's people not can't it. Relate I write to that, though. Yeah, unless you're yeah. a scientist, people can't really relate to that. So right, yeah, right, and I and I want this is for the mass. You know, I want people to understand that there's a way that they can get help that they need for this disorder that, I mean, causes havoc in, for individuals and for relationships. Awesome. Do you offer coaching, Eddie, one-on-one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Well, yep. Coaching. I use the coaching, basically, with, with my coaching style, it's very mm. similar to my counseling style. Mm. Okay. The coaching is used because what I can do now is I can tr- work with people throughout the country. Mm. Counseling, you can, you're limited to the state that you live in, although there have been laws that have been passed now where we can go across states to be able to work with people because especially after what happened with COVID, they realized, whoa, wait a second, people can't get out. Not every, not every counselor wants to do telehealth so what they're doing, they're now expanding to say, yes, you can go across state lines. Not every state has adopted that. Right now, there's about 10, but there's probably another 15 or 20 that are considering making that law. Why is there an issue with um, counseling in a different state? Are there different rules? Because, because it's the idea, it's, it's a territorial thing. It's like they don't want you to, you know, if you have, you know, if you're in Georgia, you know, they're saying, why should you be counseling people in Florida? Because there's already counselors in Florida. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's the part of it. But see, the thing is, with my my specialty, Mm. okay, in in your sexual addiction and pornography addiction, this is just just growing right now. Mm. So there are many parts of the country that they do not have a specialist in, that treat people for this disorder. For example, uh, Idaho, okay? I have a couple clients in Idaho and they will tell you it is difficult to find somebody who does that work there. Yeah, because you're quite niched. So, because whereabouts are you located? Uh, where am I located? Yeah. In North, in North Carolina, I'm located in this little town all the Highlands, North Carolina, mm. up in the mountains. Uh, we're in the midst of a rainforest. It is beautiful up mm. here. It Highland absolutely... sounds like you're in a forest. Yeah, beautiful. Yes, it, it is gorgeous. There's nothing commercial about what we have, but yeah. it's a very is a tourist destination. We're like the Aspens of the of Aspen of the East. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, do you get what's the weather like there? Is it cooler? 
or oh like yes normal? no it's cooler because yeah our elevation is four thousand feet yeah so therefore you know we go down the mountain we're about anywhere between seven to ten degrees warmer when you go down there oh than wow you are up here yes, yeah right. very different have you been living up so there I, for a while no, only about a year and a half right now. We love it. We moved yeah. from Georgia to come here to North Carolina. And how far is that? Just so people, because a uh, lot of people where, are from... where it is from where we were is about two and a half hours, not far yep. at all. So yep. we can keep in contact with our friend from down there too. Yep, yep. And what made you make the move up there? Uh, my, see- my, my wife was looking for seasons. Again, Atlanta very hot (laughs) hot most of the year um and she really wanted to see wanted to go back to the season so yeah again not that far and we had we used to come up here for long weekends as i said it's a tourist destination and we just you know said let's start looking and we found this gorgeous house and it has been like heaven on earth up here you know i could watch a bear bear go by my office window at any given time wow and, you know a lot of Bobcat. snowfall and and what have you, you oh. get snowfall up there no doubt oh yeah now you know, we don't get that much we get about 14 inches a year so it's not too bad but it's enough it's enough but see, the thing is once it snows you're not going down that mountain yeah, so you have to wait for it to all melt oh my god and how long could that be at any given time well I, i'll say this they do very, very good work on the roads up here mm. uh, because every, the road in and out of this, there are only two lanes and they're all winding roads. Okay. So, and, and if you look okay. down, <laughs> if you go off, you're going way off. So yeah. they do it. They do an excellent job of preparing the roads uh, during the winter. They clean them out pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And Eddie, when you're not sort of counseling and helping others, what do you tend to do in your pastimes? What do you have? Mm. Any hobbies? Can you imagine? You'll probably you just you'll be blown away when I tell you what one of my hobbies is. Mm. Writing. Okay, that's one of them. <laughs> uh, that's why I got three books right now, and I have yeah. at least two more in my head yeah. that I'm doing. Um, that's one of them. I love playing. I have two Labrador retrievers and just love being out with them and walking with them. My wife and I, uh, we spend a great deal of time together. We've learned how to go around and hike up in this area now. So we really enjoy that. So we're, we're really, you know, making the most of our time up here. What was, um, what was the biggest thing for you, the le- biggest learning point for you to overcome your porn addiction and then obviously attracting a healthy relationship and then being able to stay in that relationship. Yeah. Well, the biggest uh, thing I had to do was understand what was wrong with me. Mm. Okay. Because again, I was just clueless to what the problem was. Once that happened, then it was this idea of, you know, understanding, okay, what was I really chasing? I was chasing emotional connection but I was confusing it with physical connection. So therefore I had to work on learning how to become that emotionally developed individual. Mm. And that's why a lot of it said in that last book, that's what it's about. I had to learn to be more outwardly focused. I had to learn to be curious. I had to uh, learn how to be mindful 
you know, and things like that. So again, those, those are all what I call blind spots that we have that inhibit our ability to have deep, healthy relationships. So with those, and there are 14 of them that I identified. And what we do, what I did was I started working on softening them because they're never fully going to go away. You know, the scars are always there. But you can get, you can really improve dramatically to be able to come, to become someone who can learn to emotionally connect and engage. Absolutely. Now, Eddie, if people want to come and work with you, is it best that they contact you through your website? You know, right now, and I, I'm not taking new clients. However, I, what I've done is I have trained and networked of clinicians in the inner child model. So they could do two things. They could either go to www.innerchild-sexaddiction.com and there they'll find my email address. They'll also find the directory of all the cl uh, clinicians who have been trained. Or if they want to send me an email directly at edcapa, E-D-C-A, ppa at gmail.com, I'll be more than happy to help facilitate that connection with someone. Awesome. You got another uh, another web address here. Um, you would have given uh, it to I me in our do. first chat. Yeah, it was strugglingmen.org. What's that? Yes, yeah, strugglingmen.org is regarding the new book, Why Men Struggle to Love. And that's an overview of, again, how does an individual become emotionally undeveloped and also gives a little bit of insight into the book itself and what need what need to take place in order for someone to emotionally connect. Gotcha. All right. Fantastic. Well, Eddie, it's been an absolute pleasure for you to share your knowledge today. And it's um, certainly something different from what I've had on the podcast. So Thanks again. And um, there you go, guys. If you are struggling with what you feel could be a porn addiction or maybe, you know, you want to find out why you're watching certain kind of porn, you know, there might be a deep-rooted reason there and it's an opportunity to face that and heal it and move past it and actually start to attract actual intimacy into your life. So all of these details will be below. I've got his social links, his website, as well as the book overview website as well. Eddie, do you have any parting words before we go? Yeah, well, first of first all, I want to say thank you for you know, having me on and giving me the opportunity to talk about this subject because I think it's really important. I mean, you know, again, I, I get to see every day the devastation of a porn addiction and a sex addiction in people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just say to people, if you are struggling, that I understand it, it's difficult and there's fear. You know, you don't want to come out and share that. However, there are so many resources that are now available. When I'm going through mine, there weren't a whole lot of resources available. Mm. Now there are numerous resources and to be able to move away from this or even any other addiction will bring you a sense of freedom unlike anything you've ever experienced in your life. So I would just encourage them to hold on to the fear that they have and just move forward and reach out and you know, try to take that first step. Amazing. Eddie, you're changing lives. So thank you for your time. We'll talk to you very soon.
Thank you.